Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Trying to do a nice thing, but it's backfired on her here. All she wants to do is send her TikToks out, her Instagrams out. She wants to help you guys try to save some money. Well, in this particular case, she went over the line for some people, calling her a cheapskate and saying this was just over the line. This this guy out of Australia will literally peel his bananas before he buys them because you pay by weight. (laughs) So he refuses to pay for the peel and will peel it in the grocery store before bagging it and weighing it. And this isn't the first time he's done something like this. It's a really sad picture, by the way. And I was like, because, you know, bananas brown real fast. It's one solitary peeled banana in a plastic bag on the, like, when you go through the self-checkout and you have, like, you know, you have the little um, scale Mm -hmm. and you put it on there. Just a sad little peeled banana shoved in a bag just sitting there as he's checking out. (laughs) Now, he's not the only one who does this because I saw a documentary clip of a woman who does the same thing, but she'll even go as far as taking grapes off the vine because she refuses to pay for the vine. She'll break broccoli stalks because she's like, I don't eat the stalk. I'm not going to pay for it. So if she has a part of the fruit or vegetable that she is not going to eat, she will remove it so that it does not get weighed and she does not pay for it. I'm going to put that in my uh, special instructions the next time I do Instacart and ask them to peel <laughs> <laughs> my bananas for me, please. It does make some sense. How much are you really saving? Because, well, I mean, you could look at it like how much are you saving today? Probably not much. But over the course of the year with all the other things they're hacking on, could be hundreds of dollars. Yeah, hundreds, uh, hundreds, no. like oh, hundred, no, hundreds. No, like no. Well, we don't know what else of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if he is hacking on this one, he must be hacking on a whole bunch of different things. He is. So most people were like, "Girl, this one's fine. Like you can stay with him." But his other hack is so gross. So I guess it's in Australia. They don't have re- free refills the same way we do here in the states. So Taco Bell over there is offering free re- refills. Just bring your cup. So he got an empty cup he found in the parking lot <gasps> and went and just walked did and refilled it and oh, walked out nasty. again and drank it. What are you going to do? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> you got to kiss that mouth. If the dude wants to drink out of a used cup that's not his, go ahead save your, save yourself a penny. I'm going to save him a lot of money on our dates because we're not going on anymore. We're breaking up. I Speaking of breaking up, or should I stay or should I go? Shady or not? In this case, he's got a weekend plan with his old friends. She wants to go along and he's not having it. I have something on my mind that I just can't shake, and I could really use some outside opinions. My boyfriend and I have been dating for just under a year now, and this is our first summer together. I feel pretty confident in our relationship, but something makes me unsure. Each summer, my boyfriend and his high school friends reenact their senior trip, a week-long beach trip where they catch up, have fun, and as I've heard, relive the glory days. (laughs) Sounds like a great tradition, and many of his friends bring along their partners. When I heard about it, I was genuinely excited to join and get to know his friends better. That was until he told me he didn't want me to go. (coughs) His reasons? First, he thinks I won't enjoy myself since I don't know anyone else going. Secondly, he says he looks forward to this trip as a carefree experience and doesn't want to worry about making sure I'm okay or having a good time. It almost feels like he doesn't want to include me in his life. To make it more complicated... He has an ex-girlfriend from high school. Ah! 
<laughs> Take my own words out of my mouth. <laughs> Who also attends this trip every year. He hasn't mentioned her in relation to the trip, but I can't help but think there might be a connection to why he won't let me come. So, am I just reading too much into it? I don't want to ruin his fun, but I also don't want to ignore what might be a problem. I was actually on his side until she mentioned the ex-girlfriend thing, who's going every week also, or every year, I should say. Look, I think that people should be able to go and hang with friends from time to time uh, without their significant others. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think it's kind of healthy. Um, but if everybody else is bringing significant others and he's not and there's an ex-girlfriend on the trip, then it really feels shady to me also. There, there's multiple red flags. And I, I agree with you. Like, you should be able to go and hang with friends without your significant other. Um, and also, like, if you were going to be the only one, let's be honest, even if you are an extrovert and you make friends easily, as the person who brings somebody new into a group, you're going to feel obligated to take care of them and make sure they're comfortable rather than actually, like, enjoying your friends. So I totally get that. But if every other every other mm-hmm. person there has a significant other mm-hmm. and your ex-girlfriend from high school is there, and mm, that, that is, like, it's mm-hmm. so many shades of shady. But is the ex-girlfriend bringing a partner? Then that would change it up a little bit. I, I'm definitely not on this guy's side for sure, mainly because they've been dating for a year or almost a year. And if you're telling me you have this big group outing with all your friends and they're all bringing their partners, I'm thinking that you don't want to include me in that whatsoever. Because at that point, I feel like a year into the relationship, like you got to crap or get off the pot. Like, do you want me me to be a part of your life or not? Yeah, I thought I was going to be able to defend him here. And I was with him at first. But the fact that everybody else seems to be bringing someone, (laughs) I I don't even know how you can get out of this. And then, yeah, with the ex-girlfriend going to be there, it definitely feels like he's just trying to keep those two worlds Mm -hmm. separate. And if this is your new girl, you you, you can't do that. Unanimously shady? It's shady. Okay. Do you go anyway? Do you go anyway? Like just crash the weekend? Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely not. No. No. That'll ruin a relationship. Is that what you would have done? (laughs) Maybe. Because I feel like you give him an out if you do that. No, it'd be like a surprise. And then everybody would be so happy to meet you. (laughs) Surprise, Uh all right? (laughs) Break up before that even happens. Why waste your time? The Bird Show. All right, Cass. So your kid is talking about living in a past life? Yeah, man. So I I have seen documentaries and heard of other people talking to their kids and their kids will give the name of who they were in the past life and even like literally be like, here's where I passed away and then take people to that site and then they find like a body at that site. Creepy stuff. Memories they shouldn't have that are historically rooted that they shouldn't know about. So, you know, all of this is always in my mind because I find it fascinating And then the other day I was putting on makeup and I don't wear a lot of makeup at home, but um, I was putting it on to go out and my daughter was watching me and she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm painting my face. It's like art. It's like art for your face. I enjoy makeup. I like how it makes me look. And then she said, I used to wear makeup. And I said, oh, really? Oh, that's cute thinking because she's been coloring her her fingernails with markers to make it look like nail polish. I'm like, oh, yeah. When was that? She goes, when I was a mom. And I said, okay, you were a mom? She goes, yeah, when I was a mama, I used to wear makeup. And I was like, is that now? She goes, no, it was before. And I said, you, okay, you were a mama? She said, yes, I had a kid. 
and I'm I'm getting freaked out. And I'm like, okay, because the hardest thing about a parent is when your kid says stuff to freak you out, like you can't react. Like inside, I'm like, <laughs> externally, I'm like, neat, neat. <laughs> That's very cool, Hazel. You know, and then I'm like, what was your kid's name? She goes, Maxie, which is her brother's name is Max. So that's when I was like, Ugh. and then the next day she goes, my name is Dana. And I'm like, where the hell did you hear this name Dana? Like, it's not in any of the kids shows. It's not like Dana, the super kitty, mm-hmm. you know? I'm like, what? I was, what are you talking about? She goes, I'm Dana. I'm not Hazel. I'm Dana. And so then I said, Dana, are you a mom? And she goes, yes, I'm a mom. I used to wear makeup and I was like, this is not okay. I'm like, Chad, you have to step in. And I said, where's Hazel? And she's like, Hazel is over there in the trees. I'm Dana. And I'm like, you are freaking me out, kid. You have got to stop. Like, does my kid have multiple personality disorder? Dana, how old are you? I'm six. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I'm talking to Chad. I'm like, I think Hazel was a woman named Dana in her past life who had kids. And Chad goes, were you leading the witness again? See, that's what he calls it when I say, Dana, did you have kids before? Of course, Hazel's going to say yes. Mm -hmm. But I'm just curious. Like, it's such a random name. It was such a random thing for my daughter to say, I used to wear makeup. Not I want to wear makeup. I used to be a mom. Like, talking this way. And I'm just worried. Like, is this normal? (laughs) Do other people's kids do this? Let's ask. 1-855-BIRCHO. There was a movie way back in the day with Nicole Kidman that I think was about this very thing. Uh, and I think it was called birth uh, or something like that, where they realized that her child really did have a past life. And it couldn't have been very good because I don't remember how it ended. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember it being a thing and then proving that this really was a child in a past life. It is so. And she'll do random stuff like she'll wake up. She'll go, what's your name? And then she'll say, what's my name? And I'm like, are you a changeling? Like, did a fairy fly in here and swap you out? And it's just like her imagination as a three-year-old. But also when they, like, stand and wave to stuff you can't see, like, I get freaked out really easily. I can't even watch horror movies, and I'm living in one. (laughs) Tommy. I love this show. It's on the FYI network. It's called Ghost Inside My Child, and it's exactly this. Like, like there was one kid I was watching an episode where – they had gone to a Titanic exhibit, and this kid starts having a dream uh, that they're going down on the Titanic, and they thought it was like a past life regression kind of thing. Uh-huh. And they've got all those stories. What's the name of their show? Ghost, uh, Ghost Inside My Child. Hey, Brittany, good morning. Thank you for joining the, the Bird Show. What's up? Okay, so the other day I was fussing at my kid. Good morning, got it started. All good. But I was fussing at my kid, and he was like, I knew I shouldn't have chose you guys as my parents. And I was like, oh, hmm. the S-H word. <laughs> and I got myself together, and I came back, and I was like, so nice because I didn't know what to do. I'm a scary cat. Everything freaks me out, and... I just try to be nice, but it's weird because my mom passed away and he told me, you know, she's with us everywhere we go. And that freaked me out. So, yeah, it's yeah. cool hearing someone else says, talk about it. Yeah, I think we've done this. Like every year we do this on At the show. At some point in time. That, and it's usually around Halloween because it's way freakier when your kids can see ghosts and you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, I always tell you guys about Alyssa Leonard, one of our Burt's Big Adventure kids, who has passed and come back like six different times. And there have been times where she comes back and she tells her mom about an uncle that she was hanging out with in that life that she never met 
never Whoa. met before he Whoa. passed away with vivid details on what he looks like, what his nicknames were, and their mom had never brought in this guy up before. That's wow. crazy. Cassie, I don't want to freak you out. But but you know how I look up people on Spokio.com. Uh-huh. I use it to find people. I know your address, and I looked up your address, and a name under former resident is Dana. <gasps> no, 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 stop it right you're now. Lying. You're lying. Are you being serious? No, you I'm just kidding. Are, uh, Tommy! <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, Oh, oh my God, Tommy, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> all, literally, all the yeah. all the color just rushed from past. Literally, face. I was like, what am I going to have to do whenever the gate goes? Hunters, am I going to have to stage the place when I have to have an exorcism? <laughs> Running through everything. The Bird Show. All right, you guys want to try the world's shortest IQ test. And by the time I am done giving it to you, if you agree, you will know if you are smarter than 80% of the population. I no don't pressure. think I want to know. <laughs> I would like to live in ignorant bliss, actually. Yes. In ignorant, stupid bliss. Would you all would you all consider yourself smart people? Um hmm. Jerry's what's still de- out for me. What's your definition of smart? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you have to ask, then yeah. the answer is probably I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm I'm smart. Do I think I'm super intelligent? No. I'm not book smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I'm still figuring yeah. it out every day. I think I, I think I've worked hard to compensate, but like deep down, I'm pretty stupid. <laughs> save, save that. that. You better save that. Oh, you better save that all day. <laughs> Cassie, I can see in your eyes, you know you're smart. Yeah. I left my microphone off for a reason. <laughs> you can't hide that look. I do think I'm smart, and I think I'm very intelligent, but I also don't think I am the smartest, and I struggle a lot with like certain subjects, so... I'm in the middle. I know my limitations, so I have a rule. I don't strive to be the smartest person in the room. I strive to be the kindest. Okay. That's smart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. You guys ready for this? And you guys can do this if you're listening in your car also, or you can come back when we post the podcast on demand later on. So let me give you the history behind this thing. It's called the Cognitive Reflection Test. I call it CRT. That's how smart I am. (laughs) (laughs) it's often hailed as the world's shortest iq it's a brief iq test and it only consists of three questions and it claims if you complete it you possess higher intelligence than 80 percent of the population it was created back in 2005 by a former mit professor oh god who teaches now at princeton It's a quick IQ test, and it aims to identify individuals with exceptional intellectual abilities, claiming to determine if their intelligence surpasses that of 80% of the people worldwide. Are you ready? This is unfair, because there's, like, normal person smart, and then there's MIT smart. And nobody's MIT smart except MIT students. Mm -hmm. Well, you went to Emory. That is not MIT. Look, listen, I love that school. That is not MIT. Well, you should do better than anybody else in here. Listen, my math class was game theory because I couldn't cut it in pre-count, all right? I learned how to count cards for math. I'm not kidding. It was on the test. I got really good at it. Really? Yeah, I don't remember anymore. Don't come for me, Vegas. But yeah, we counted cards and played board games and like odds, and I could convert binary to numbers and numbers back to binary, but... 
pre-calculus. Nope, I cried. Yeah. I left. I dropped the class immediately. I didn't even go back to my dorm. I walked to the hallway, got on the computer, and was like, <laughs> drop. <laughs> All right, well, as underdogs for the rest of you guys, if you do get them right, you will be pleasantly surprised. I went to Kentucky. There's zero expectation with me. <laughs> <laughs> the smartest people know to play stupid. So <laughs> All right, here we go. You ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the three questions. I'll repeat them like once or twice. You guys can chew on them. And then I'll even let you work on it for a couple of minutes. And when we come back, I'll get your answers and we'll find out if you got any of these right. Okay? Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is how lawyers feel before they take the bar. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing on the line here. Everybody listening already assumes we're stupid except you. <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> so the pressure's really on it's you. It's about to be all of us are stupid. All right. all right. First question goes like this. A bat and a ball cost a dollar... And one ten in total. A bat and a ball cost a dollar and one ten in total. The bat costs one more one dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Again, a bat and a ball cost a dollar and one ten in total. You mean ten cents? A bat and ball cost a dollar and one dollar and ten cents in total. Okay. This is exactly how it's written. Okay. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Last one. A bat and a ball cost a dollar and $1 and 10 in total. The bat costs $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? That is question one. Question two. If it takes five machines, five minutes... To make five widgets, how long does it take 100 machines to make 100 widgets? If it takes five machines, five minutes to make five widgets, how long does it take 100 machines to make 100 widgets? We good? And question three. In a lake, there is a patch of lily pads. Every day, the patch doubles in size. If it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake, how long does it take for the patch to cover half of the lake? Now, again, in a lake, there's a patch of lily pads. Every day, the patch doubles in size. If it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake, how long does it take for the patch to cover half of the lake? What's the name of this test again? Uh Uh-uh. I'm not giving you that so you can look online and see the answers. I'm heading to Quizlet. (laughs) I've already, they're written down. Okay. Can't change them. All right. The name of the test is the Cognitive Reflection Test, C-R-T. You got to promise me not to look up I'm the not. Answers. I don't want to ruin any nope. surprises. All right. When I come back, you guys can work on those. Work on your math problems for the next couple of minutes. When I come back, I will give you the answers to all three. You will find out how stupid you truly are. <laughs> <laughs> next on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Are you one of the smart people or are you one of the stupid people? Nobody wants to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think we have a glitch on our board. So let's go ahead and find out. So um, I just gave these guys the uh, world's shortest IQ test. 
to determine if you are smarter than 80% of the population. (laughs) I have audio from the dude that explains the answers here coming up in just one second. So before we get to that, Kristen, the first question about the bat and the ball, you answered what? I answered five cents. Five cents. Yes, because if the total is 110 and the bat cost a dollar more than the ball, then the bat has to cost a dollar and five cents and the ball has to cost five cents and that total comes to 110. 110. Cassie. I also put that the ball is five cents and the bat is a dollar and five cents. So total was the question, right? No, the, no. T- t- the total was in the question. The, the question is how much does the ball cost? Right, right, right. Ball I'm beginning cost. to worry about the administrator of this IQ test. You should, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a million things. So go ahead and give me the answer again. The ball is five cents and the bat is a dollar and five cents. Okay. Mo? I also said that the ball is five cents. <laughs> I'm the only one who got it. Um, so I was looking at this question. I was trying to think outside the box because I feel like these questions try to throw you off. They do. So mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. that the bat is a dollar and the ball is free and the 10 cents is taxed. Oh. <laughs> I don't oh. hate it. Hmm. I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's a dude on TikTok that is explaining what the answer is and why. Okay. A bat and a ball together cost $1.10. The bat is $1 more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? The answer, five cents. A lot of folks say 10 cents at first, making the bat worth a dollar, but that's where the trick is because that would only be a difference of 90 cents. Okay. Okay. That one was so easy, I thought I had it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This must be wrong. All right, for question number two, um, Kristen, you answered what? Five minutes. Five minutes mm-hmm. is your answer. I also uh, answered five minutes. Five minutes. I also said five minutes. Five minutes. I also said five minutes. Five minutes across the board. The answer. And again, this is a test. It's called the shortest IQ test. And if you get them all right, you are smarter than 80% of the population. You all agree it's five. Five right? minutes. Five minutes. If it takes five machines five minutes to make five widgets, how long would it take a hundred machines to make a hundred widgets? The answer is still five minutes. That's because each machine pumps out one widget in five minutes. So if you have a hundred of them, it's still going to take five minutes to punch out all of them at the same time. Okay. Yeah. I do math real good. See, your parents, you should be proud that your kids listen to the Burt Show. And your third answer, and again, the audio will explain what the uh, question is and why the answer is the answer. I got. There's a pathway. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Go ahead. I got 47. 47. Yes. Okay. I also did 47 days. 47 days it would take. 47. 47. 47. 47. Okay. Play the audio. In a lake, there's a patch of lily pad. Every day, the patch doubles in size. If it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake, how long does it take for the patch to cover half the lake? The answer is 47 days. A lot of folks say 24 days at first, but all you need to remember is that two halves make a whole. So if it's doubling every day, the day prior, it was half the size. So you guys got them all right? Well, except for me. <laughs> Which one did you get wrong again? I got the sales tax one, uh, the bat and the ball. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> You're still up there, though. I'm just, I'm, am I like 50% of the population that's what I'm smarter than? You know what? Thinking outside the box is what keeps us evolving. So bright minds like yours are needed to push the envelope. Oh, sugar in the Emery grad, mm-hmm. too. It took me so long to answer these. 
I mean, the amount of time it took me took the away from the fact that I got them right because it took so long to get to them, right? So you did it and you got them right. I did get them right, but it took for way longer than you guys Maybe had. Maybe something's wrong with the IQ test. <laughs> you know, thinking outside the box is what keeps us evolving. Maybe yeah, you know? that is it, man. Have you ever taken one of these that have made you feel either really smart or really, really stupid before? There's one that even stumped me. I had to look up the explanation, and it's one apparently Google gives to their engineers. I can bring it in for you guys if you want, but it's really, for me, it was really, really hard. God, everybody's feeling so good about themselves. Maybe we shouldn't of do this on the second day. <laughs> I'd love to ride my wing. <laughs> I'm cool. No more IQ tests for me. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount. Code Abby. The Burt Show. All right, so, um, yeah, she's in a tight spot here uh, in this email. If you got some drama going on in your life, share it with us. Her 40-year-old husband has fallen in love with somebody else. An 18-year-old co-worker. <laughs> your heart wants what? Your heart wants. <laughs> I don't think it's the heart want anything. <laughs> Can't help who you fall in love with. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, you can. Ooh. So she wants our help. She's not sure what to do. So the last couple of months... The man I spent 11 years with and have two children with just up and threw me for a loop. He told me two days prior to telling me his big shocking secret that he did not know if he wanted to be with me anymore. The shocking thing he told me is that he thinks he is in love with his female co-worker. They work all day together. Here's the worst part. He and I are both 40 and she graduated high school this year. <sighs> she is only 18 years old. <sighs> My son is 20. He has a daughter who is about to be 16. Our two small ones are only seven and eight. He said it was because I was not there for him, mm. which I have been. Get out of here. <laughs> I, work full t- I work full time, cook dinner, and I would walk through fire for him. I love him immensely. I just lost my father this year, and he lost his grandfather. I think we both had hard hits. He has been blaming me. He accused me of cheating and was getting mad about the clothes I choose to wear. I don't even dress provocatively. He said he felt I left him before he fell for her. He even told me if she gives him a chance, he would leave me for her. She doesn't know how he feels. He has been talking about spiritual stuff such as twin flames and soulmates. He thinks we might be twin flames and need to go through this. This confused me. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do or think. Then I am left thinking, is this really all my fault? Maybe I do need to check myself, and maybe I did cause this. No, you didn't. I've had insecure moments. I can't go to my family. My family is the reason he has his job. 
My brother-in-law is the GM. My niece is a secretary. And my two nephews and other niece are in the shop. They will hate him for doing this to me. And he might lose his job. Well, this just keeps getting messier and messier. The girl is beautiful that he loves. And I don't think it's her fault or anything. She was a high school athlete and is getting ready to leave for her first year of college. Should I try counseling with him or does he need help? He thinks this girl feels the same way. And I do not think this is true. Is that not a bit delusional? Anyway, thank you. And I hope to get some advice back. Okay, so if this email was, I don't know, let me just predict here, 300 words long, you wasted 290 of them. Uh, All I needed to hear was he and I are both 40 and she graduated high school this year. She's only 18 years old. That's all I needed to hear. The other stuff doesn't even matter to me. Look, I have said this before on the show uh, as the only member here that has ever been divorced and the only member on the show that will get divorced. (laughs) Put it in the universe, baby. (laughs) Damn right. Um, I don't take it lightly when we give the advice like you should leave this dude, right? Because I know the pain, I know that decision, I know you've got family members that are going to be affected by this also. So I don't take this lightly when I say, leave him, (laughs) leave him, divorce him. He's got no respect for himself, he's got no respect for you. All the other details right here don't even matter. He's a narcissistic pig and you can't change that. Uh, uh, Very strong uh, points. Um, Could he be going through a midlife crisis? And since there's been two deaths in the family, he has that like impending doom of life is short and I need to make the most of it. And it's causing him to make very irrational decisions. You are absolutely right. Life is short and that's why she should leave him. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares what he's going through, man? The disrespect in every one. This is really firing me up. The disrespect in every one of these lines here and the fact that she's still... God bless her, trying to hold on for dear life. Um, Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're holding on to something that's just not um, within reach. I I think that was uh, beautifully put, Kristen, for you to look at it from that point of view. And I think you're right. At the same time, it doesn't matter. She needs to get out of there as quickly as possible. And I commend her for not wanting to get the family involved because of the circumstances. You don't want him to lose his job. You don't want them to hate him. But I see it the other way. I, I, I think that helps you actually get away from this man. I think you'll need that support. I think you should blow it up and I think you you should be completely fine with doing so because he deserves it and you should have support through this process of leaving. Yeah, I think he's losing himself in some kind of maladaptive daydreaming fantasy where he's clearly trying to escape, I mean, very real trauma that he's going through. And I guarantee you this 18-year-old has no idea what is going on in this man's head. So it sounds like he, in his mind, is trying to like, if he, he's like, well, if I could just leave my wife and go to this young 18-year-old, everything would be better. And um, it's very delusional. Can we ask later, like, who blew up their marriage? over a person that they didn't even know whether or not they liked them. <laughs> because, like, I mean, I left my, my wife or my husband and I'm not even sure the person I was leaving them for had feelings for me. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a very good one. That's exactly what's happening. He has no idea if this 18-year-old is even remotely attracted to him, which I'm here to tell you, she's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we will change the schedule. The Bird Show. I wasn't emotionally or mentally strong enough yesterday to joust with Cassie. (laughs) I identified it early. And I knew that I was not going to win any jousting battle with her yesterday. We make it sound like we're getting dressed and I'm trying to pierce you to the heart with a javelin. 
<laughs> Intellectually, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably true. So I just know when you come to the table and you're going to like have a debate with Cassie. I mean, she went to Emory and all, you know. Got to bring your A game, man. Better bring your A game. And yesterday I, I told you guys I had this doctor's appointment and something that happened and it was just really, really jarring yesterday. And it affected me the entire day. In fact, I was telling these guys, I lied to my dentist yesterday. So if you guys are listening, I'm sorry. Um, I was just having a real down day yesterday and I had a teeth cleaning yesterday at my dentist and I sat down and I said to her, I'm like, how liberal are you guys with this nitrous? And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, um, cause I get, uh, super anxious at the <laughs> dentist. <laughs> And she said, oh, we'll just set you up in another room. And I just needed to escape for a couple of hours. <laughs> we don't condone that, by the way. No, absolutely not. No, no. Absolutely not. Um, but yesterday, the debate was going to be all about the very controversial Bluey. Welcome to the hippest morning show in America. Of all time. Yep. Yep. If you didn't know it then, you know it now. Who on the show has young kids? (laughs) You get one guess. That would be Cassie and Kristen. I have never watched one episode it's so good. of the show, but you come in here almost weekly talking about it because you watch with Jimmy. Oh, I mean, we, Jimmy, um, uh, Joanne, who used to work on the Burt Show, this was that I will never forget. She told me at the Burt Show's 20th anniversary party about Bluey and that Jimmy would love it. And we started watching it a couple years ago. A couple years ago. He's only two. We started watching it a year ago. (laughs) And he was just obsessed. And the thing, they're eight minute long episodes. And it's about a family of four. There's the mom and dad. You have Bandit and Chili. And they have two daughters, Bluey and Bingo. And Bluey, I think in the start of it, is six and Bingo is four. And it's just cute little life lessons and good lessons for kids. But it's also entertaining for adults because there's stuff as a parent you totally relate to. And then there's some jokes that are over the kids' heads, which is really nice. But Bart and I thoroughly enjoy watching Bluey along with Jimmy. So you're thinking like a show like this, what could they possibly do that is going to be even this much controversial? Well, they did. Based on this clip. Now, I briefly saw the clip yesterday. I actually listened to the audio, but it's a dad who is now on a scale, right? Yes. And these words come out of his mouth while he's got one of his kids around. Bluey is the kid? Well, Bluey was hiding in the tub. He did not know that she was there, but he's in the bathroom thinking he's by himself Uh and stepping on a scale to weigh himself. Okay, and here's the clip. Oh, man. Why did you say, oh, man? Uh, I just need to do some exercise. Tell me about it. Why don't you just do some exercise? Same old reason, Bluey. You kids and work. Us? Why don't you do it now? All right, so that became very controversial because there were a lot of people that were worried that it might negatively affect children's body image and even lead to dangerous problems like eating disorders. And people were going over the top on this thing, and I was just kind of rolling my eyes at it because I thought it was overreactionary. And I think I said that in studio. 
And I could immediately tell that Cassie, I knew she would have a different take than I did on the whole thing. I do. So I I tried to watch the entire episode, but it's only been aired in Australia and I couldn't find it online. But in the clip, the clip is online and it's it's uh, the parents, uh, Bandit and Chili in the bathroom and both Bluey and Bingo are there. Bingo's on the floor. But the thing is, you don't see this just from on air. So Bandit, the dad, is standing on the scale, clutching his fat looking at himself in the mirror disappointedly. And then at the end of the clip, um, the mom, Chili, gets on the scale and goes, oh, or something similar to that. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't talk a lot, but there's a, a disappointed sigh about it. And the whole episode is about exercise and how exercise is important, which I 100% agree with. I think that is a great thing to teach your kids. I teach my kids, if you go for a walk, if you want a dance party, climbing at the playground, jump, like there are so many different ways we can move our bodies to feel good. It makes our bodies feel good. It makes our mental health feel good. It's an important part of life. My problem is specifically with the scenes on the scale, looking in the mirror, grabbing the fat rolls, because then you're sending the message, it's not about health, it's about the looks. And that's what I have an issue with because I think I know this seems I know this seems over the top. I get I get it. But the seeds of things like fat phobia are planted in small instances like this. So we always tell moms or I tell moms that we've discussed on the show before, don't comment about your body in front of your kids mm-hmm. if they don't want you don't want them to grow up hating their own body because they emulate you. They pick up on that stuff fast. Right. Even if it's even if you're not commenting on your kids bodies, if you're like, I hate the way I look in this. Oh, I'm so fat. Oh, I should have eaten that. Oh, I got to go to the gym because I had a hamburger. Kids learn that. So what's happening then is you've got two parents looking at themselves in disgust at numbers on the scale and in the mirror and grabbing their extra fat, which is normal on a lot of people. Lots of people have some fat and looking at it in a disgusted manner. So now kids and kids watching it are getting the message, if I look like that, it is bad. I need to go exercise. And that's what happens is then when they grow up, they remember those things. And it's all these little touch points that are from all over. I can barely watch a show sometimes without there being a fat joke or a fat character or somebody making an offhanded comment about weight. And it reinforces the message that people's fears is if they end up looking like me, an overweight person. And what also happens is even if your kid doesn't gain weight or doesn't become overweight, there and even if you have the best kids, best person in the world, it is very hard to shake the fat phobia. And what I mean by that is not you're not scared of fat people, but if you ah! <laughs> run for your life. Okay, you just you freaked me out, so I can only Sorry. imagine people listening to the yes. radio right now how hard they just jump. The phobia is real. <laughs> but what happens is that people grow up and they look at fat people and they're like. Oh, that disgusting, lazy, unmotivated, you know, all of these things, which are not. And you, if you don't think that, I want you to think of a super hot woman eating a hamburger and it's dripping down her face and how that's like super hot. Now think of an overweight fat woman with rolls eating a hamburger and it's dripping down her face. And if you feel differently about those two images, that, my friend, is fat phobia. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you are making a judgment based on how someone looks. And that's the issue I have with this. So in knowing that I was going to have to debate an Emory grad uh, on this whole thing, when I tell you that I came in here with a page and a half of statistics, health statistics, ready to joust with you on this, I am not lying. Okay, so statistics like a little over 42 percent of American adults have obesity, while about 30 
uh, 0.7% are overweight. And then I have all sorts of statistics and how being overweight can affect your overall health, like type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure and heart disease. And as I was listening to the clip, I'm like, the only thing I think that's not debatable here is if she focuses on the scale, I'm screwed, which is what you did today. So I agree with you. (laughs) Save that. I absolutely agree with you. Like Time and date. If they were taking a walk together and Pops was out of breath and he said that I need to exercise more. They've done that in an episode before. Have they? Mm -hmm. Then I feel like it's more of an appropriate way to introduce that into into the show. But the fact that it happened on a scale and there was shame that he was feeling because you can... Look, there are different shapes and different sizes and health looks different for a whole bunch of different people. But when you are associating the scale with having to go to the gym and the shame that's involved in it, that's not defendable. So I wasted my time. I agree yeah. with you. <laughs> the thing, and the thing is they're also predicting like skinny people can have type 2 diabetes, which is, I know, a big affliction for overweight and obese people. And they're also predicting, too, a lot of skinny people might have type 2, type two diabetes that is going unchecked because because nobody thinks to check them because they look healthy and that's why you can't judge it. So the entire episode, teach your kids about exercise, teach them about health and about eating well and well-rounded. Just don't teach them to fear what they look like. Especially when it's associated with the scale like that. Yeah. So I, I I totally agree with you. Yay, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna ride that high for the rest of the day. The Bird Show. Look, it's her brother. It's her brother. And he's about to propose to a woman that the sister feels like this woman is just gonna break my brother's heart. Do I say something to him about it or do I just let him live his life? The email reads, I could really use some advice on a tricky situation with my brother and his girlfriend. My brother recently decided he wants to pop the question. And I got to admit, I've got mixed feelings about it. I'm super stoked that he asked me to help with ring shopping. But at the same time, I'm not sure he should even be proposing right now. Let me explain. They've been together for a year. And while that might be enough time for some couples, I'm not totally convinced it's enough for them. My brother's crazy about her and thinks she's the one. But I can't shake the feeling that she might not be as into him as he thinks. I could be way off, but as a sibling, I just don't want him to get hurt, you know? What's got me really worried is his plan for the big moment. He wants to propose to her in front of all her friends and family at her birthday party. I can't help but think about the worst case scenario. What if she says no? Not only will he be crushed, but it'll be super embarrassing in front of everyone. So now I've got this dilemma. Should I be honest with my brother about my worries? Should I try to convince him not to do it so publicly or maybe even wait a bit longer to make sure they're both on the same page? On the flip side, I don't want to mess with his happiness or make things weird in their relationship. To give you a better idea of why I'm concerned, I've noticed over the past year that my brother's always the one making plans and keeping in touch, while his girlfriend seems to take a more laid-back attitude about everything. Plus, she's mentioned a few times that she's not sure if she's ready for a serious commitment, which makes me wonder if she's really prepared to say yes to a proposal. I'm torn between having my brother's back in his quest for happiness and wanting to save him from potential heartache. I love him a ton, and I just want the best for him, but I'm not sure what the right move is here. If I go ring shopping with him, I feel like that makes me responsible for him getting his heart broken and being embarrassed. My gut tells me to give him some tough love and be honest with him. Or 
do I keep my mouth shut and just go pick out rings tonight? Abby Mo, you got brothers and sisters galore. <laughs> yeah, here's what I would do if it was my brother. So it sounds like it sounds like he's just really gung-ho about this girl. He can't wait to tell the world how much he loves her and propose in front of other friends and family, which could end badly. Here's my thing. The proposal should not be the proposal should be a surprise. The marriage should not be. So what I would do is I would broach the subject as more of like, have you guys talked about marriage? Mm -hmm. Have you thought about commitment? Like, have you had an actual discussion or are you just ready to like pull the trigger and and propose to her? So you're asking questions, trying to lead him into like answers that you guys can sort of just have a debate about. Yeah, because if I tell my brother not to propose to this girl, what do, that's not going to get us anywhere. What is he going to do? Like break up his relationship because of one conversation we had? I think it's just more important that, you know, if I'm really, con- if I'm like her and I'm really concerned about his happiness and him not getting embarrassed, I just want to make sure the proposal goes well. And blame us. Be at, while you're ring shopping, I, th- I think that's definitely, you do that. And then second, go, oh, and by the way, I was listening to the Burt Show, and I know you want to propose to her on her birthday, but they said that was a bad idea, that you shouldn't propose on birthdays or holidays or special occasions because the woman always wants to have her proposal date as its own special date. And he'll say, watch the Burt Show. <laughs> oh, here it is on, my, on the podcast app. Ooh, I see a segment that's specifically labeled, should I propose, should I let my brother propose right. on his girlfriend's birthday? Here's what I found with the scenario you're talking about, that I think that he would be sort of not defensive, but say all the right things. But when you guys aren't with each other, then he'll start thinking about your questions, right? 100%. I agree. He's going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've already talked about it. And then deep down, he's going to know. I was right. Yeah, I don't think there's too much you can do here. I mean, as an older brother of three sisters, I I know a little bit about um, wanting to step in and feeling like you see something that they don't and want to be protective. But a lot of the times, as my dad used to say, you got to let them get on the field and play the game and figure things out. So I feel like you can't. I would try... My best to kind of just make sure that my sister's head was in the right space of like, are you sure you want to do this and what's your reasoning? But if he's set on doing this, I feel like you just got to let him get out there and shoot a shot. People are going to see what they want to see. If he sees this as like he's convinced that this is the right thing to do and she's in the same place as him, you're not going to really be able to convince him otherwise. You know, maybe installing a little fear here might help because if I'm publicly proposing in front of friends, family, whomever, I need to be 1,000% that she is going to say yes and save that face. So maybe the first question is, are you 100% sure she's on the same page as you? Because the fear of being embarrassed in front of everybody would make me think twice. Blame it on the birth show again. So here's the next scenario, okay? So be like, yeah, the birth show just shared a video of a guy proposing to a woman in front of all her family and friends and she turned him down. And like, not to freak you out, but you're sure she's going to say yes, right? <laughs> Could you even imagine? They, they got YouTube compilations of people being yeah. told no in public yeah. about two hours long. <laughs> yeah. I might send a message. Maybe you just send it to him anonymously. Yeah, oops. Just watch this. <laughs> Get it. The birth show. Probably I'm glad you're in here because I have a question uh, for you. You and Mikey's in here, also our intern and Abby, uh, those that are single on the show, and Mo to a certain extent also. Um, this did not happen to me. It happened to a friend of mine. And I'm wondering if, if this is part of the dating culture now, because it's not the first time I've heard of it. So dude goes out with woman uh, a couple of different times, asks her out, and decides that he is going to pay for the date. I mean, it was never even really discussed, but he asked her out. So he's like, assumed 
that he was going to pay. I guess she was on the same wavelength. So when they went out for dinner and drinks, dude took care of everything. They had a really, really fantastic time. Uh, They were vibing. So he asks her out again. They have the same type of night where they go out to dinner. He asks her. They go out for drinks. Everything's going great. Absolutely fine. After the second date, the morning after the second date, he shoots her one of those QR code deals from uh, Venmo mm-hmm. and asks her for 50% of everything he spent on the first two dates. Whoa. Whoa. That's different. And that's my question to you guys, because I have heard of dudes doing this. We've talked about this before, but that's because the date went sideways. So my thought, my initial thought was... Everything was going fine, so he was willing to pay. And something happened on that second date where he's mm. like, I'm probably not going to see her anymore, so I might as well try to milk her for some cash. Is that common dating now? Is that part of dating culture now? It's never happened to me, but it also doesn't shock me. So they didn't go out on a third date. It was just the first two dates. Um, They were planning on going on a third date. I think that they had plans for like that weekend. And in between that second and third date, he hits her with this Venmo request. Yeah, that's so weird. That's never once happened to me. Granted, I'm a good time. So no one's ever tried to like send it via spite (laughs) to charge you. No one's ever been like backtracking. But I have split the, uh, the bill on a date, but that's because I always offer. Maybe this date didn't even offer to split the bill and he kind of felt awkward. He's like, okay, I'll let it slide the first time. And then the second date comes around and he still doesn't want to be confrontational about it. So then he gets home and he's like, dang, I really got to pay off this credit card. So I'm going to send her a Venmo request. So that's really the only thing I can think of because normally it's pretty normal to split things. I feel like that's the gamble you take when you're dating. Like, and we, I, I, I distinctly remember this conversation before, like, you take a risk. It's risk versus reward. When you go on a date, you take a risk of whether or not you're going to have a good time or a bad time. And so whatever money you invest in it, you're just going to have to kiss it goodbye, especially if you're the one who asked her out and she's going out Mm -hmm. with you. Like, I think it's polite, especially now to offer to, you know, to cover your portion. But if even if you don't, that's the risk you took asking somebody out on a date. Intern Mikey. Could it be an experiment? Could he be (laughs) testing her like... (laughs) Will you put some money up to keep me around? I would fail. Could it be an experience? I don't know too many women that would that would pass. <laughs> and I don't know too many guys that would be calculated that way. Nah, I don't think so. Right. Romeo. Uh, yeah, no, I feel like, I think this is just like a way to burn the bridge real quick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because if you're just doing it out of nowhere, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, oh, like, I know she's going to be bothered by this. And then it's like the date, the third date's not going to happen at this point. So maybe it was a way for him to get out of it. But the third date was, it was like on the books, ready to happen. Not only would I cancel that Venmo request, but I would, I would send him one and charge him for his audacity. (laughs) How much much is the audacity? It's very, with inflation, very expensive these days. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've never heard of this. Maybe it's still, I guess, traditional in a sense to, if you ask someone out, you should pay for the date. That's why I understand the, the coffee date or, or the, the dates that'll be a little cheaper at first. I get that. But right. the only thing that would make sense to me is what Romeo said, is if you know you don't want to talk to her anymore right. and you're like, well, let me just see if I can get 50% out of it since we're done anyway. But <laughs> yeah. if you want to see her again, I don't get this move. Yeah, I wouldn't charge. Like, if I'm if I'm really feeling you, like, I'm going to keep paying for the dates. Right. So it's like, to me, it just feels like he was that was his way out of it. So what is the protocol now? So when you guys are out on dates, because... Look, when I was dating, it was just a foregone conclusion that I was going to pick up. First of all, it was rarely volunteered. And if it was, I just, I'm traditional that way. I was going to take care of it. So now, do you guys even discuss who's going to pay on the date? 
So if a guy asks me out in the back of my mind, I'm assuming that he's going to pay. But every single time I got to do that awkward thing and it's my least favorite part of every single date because it's always some kind of dance. It's never just like, oh, mm-hmm. let me pay. You got to like grab your wallet and then he goes, no. And then you have to go, yes. And then he has to go, no. And then you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I use it. I use that conversation as an excuse to get a second date because you, I, if I ask a girl out, I'm already in the mindset that I'm going to pay for this date, mm-hmm. you know, and if she offers, like once we're, we get the bill and, and she offers to pay her part of it, I'm like, all right, great. But no, I asked you on this date. Let me just do the gentleman thing of paying for it. And if she's like fighting for it and we're like, how about you take care of the next one? And so then now I have set up the mm-hmm. second date. So I kind of uh, use that as my okay. advantage sometimes. All right. Uh, intern Mikey, if you were lucky enough to get a date. He's got a uh, girlfriend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's got a little out here. He calls her my lady. <laughs> how did it start with your lady? Um, I don't do the dance. I don't go dancing. I, uh, I think, well, I take, you kind of look corny too, though. You take your wallet out and you're like, relax, I got this. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, you just pay. Yeah. I've never seen a dance and I don't shuck and jive. <laughs> I say, even if a woman asked me how to, I'm so thankful I would definitely pay for the date. Yeah, I'm always paying. I'm yeah. always assuming that I'm paying. Yeah, if I ask a woman out and she offers to pay, I already know she's overpaying to go out with me. <laughs> she's also paying for the audacity. The Burt Show. All right, Romeo, you got a huge compliment. Hey, I'm sorry. I was or just... should I say Daddy Romeo? <laughs> <laughs> or is it Zaddy Romeo? Oh. Listen, you guys can call me whatever you want, <laughs> as long as it's Daddy. <laughs> and they're, they're <laughs> Man, I know. Um, I wasn't ready for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, what were we talking about? Just we're talking about thoughts. the compliment yes. your, your family member gave you. Yes. So this is actually a compliment that I've received before. And I think, uh, Kristen, you've received it. I mean, I know personally I've, I've given you this compliment where... Your openness to talk about mental health mm-hmm. had me basically pursue that uh, that help that I needed, and 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 it made me feel comfortable looking for it, and and it was this thing of you being so open and honest about it on the radio that it, it was easier to approach it in in that manner, and so when thank you for that by the way, of course, and so I. Over the weekend, we were hanging out with my family, and one of my cousins came over to me, and we were having a side conversation. And I think the drinks were flowing. So, you know, like, you, it gets to a certain point once you have a, a few drinks that it gets a little emotional. And that emotion conversation of, like, feelings come out. And so I know she was going through a lot, and she just started thanking me for being so open about my mental health on my anxiety and my depression and, and being so honest about it on the radio and, like, never being so afraid of just talking about it. And and also just kind of how I growing up our family and the way they look at therapists and the way that you don't go to therapy unless it's like you're cuckoo. You yeah, know, like, there, there was a there's a cultural difference for you and I. Exactly. And I think there's more of a stigma. Yeah. And that's why you were more hesitant to be open with your family about right, it. Right. And so it was a weird thing because I was like very open about it on the radio. But yeah. like <laughs> on, with my family, it was like, no, we're not talking about this. Because <laughs> and, and, I don't know what it was. It just made it easier to talk about it in here rather than with my family. And so with my cousin approaching me and she just basically said, thank you. Like your openness to talk about it and knowing that like you're in my family it helped me go get help and now she's saying that she's like in a better spot that like she's thinking more clearly about her situation and the struggle she's going through and I think like that like I said that compliment that I've received before it hit different coming from a family member but also coming from someone that the way we grew up it was um 
brush it off. You know, like I think the... I think a lot of kids of immigrants are are like that as well, where it's like the opportunity you have right here, right now, could be worse if yeah. we were back in El Salvador, if we were back in Mexico, if we were back from Honduras. You know what I mean? Like you should be grateful, you should be happy. Exactly, like you, and it's like the the struggles you're going through, they're not much or whatever. Like you yeah. you'll get up, like it's in, all in your head, just brush it off, and it's, so it's like our entire lives. That's all we've heard, and so for my cousin and myself to feel comfortable enough to like seek that help and go sit down with someone like and open openly talk about your feelings mm -hmm. which is like the strangest thing i've ever done honestly till this day like opening up to a stranger it's and, hard and sharing your feelings it's a struggle but i think once you get to that point it's it's been wonderful for me and it's wonderful to hear from my cousin and then i just want to say like if you feel like you need that guide look for the help Honestly, because I think it changes, it's changed my life completely, so. And I love to hear that. And then, like, so she, she says this, and I, I think that took a lot of um, vulnerability from her to even come up to you and tell you that. So, like, how did that make you feel in the moment? Uh, it was, it was surreal. And it made me realize, like, I think a lot of times I've, I've also been so afraid to talk about it with my own cousins who are, like, around the same age as me, because you almost feel like you're the only one going through it. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody puts a, a, a face and puts a mask on Like you go, you're, you're not going to show your emotions to, to the people that like are closest to you a lot of times. And so to see that I'm not the only one that, that deals with stuff and that they also need the help, it, it's kind of nice. I think there's something too how, like uh, Kristen mentioned, the stigma. It, it like you grow up believing that vulnerability is a weakness, mm -hmm. and so you try to avoid it by any means necessary until you get an opportunity to actually be vulnerable, and you realize it's it's a strength. It's the complete opposite. It's it's tough to be vulnerable, and when you do find that strength to fully be yourself and be that open and vulnerable, it it really is life changing. And I I think everybody should know that. Yeah, especially with the fact that this is your family, because I think that can be an incredibly isolating experience if it's just you being vulnerable and everybody else is going in the same direction that they've always gone in where it's like, let's push down mental health struggles. We don't talk about that. We brush it off. The fact that your family member is now coming around, I think it's going to totally change the culture of your family for the better. Yeah, I know. I for You're sure changing your family tree, dude. I know the like the next generation. I feel like, oh man, I'm so lucky for like my my nieces and nephews. I feel like yeah. they're lucky because they're gonna have like a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull the same stunt your parents pulled on you. No, nah, I want them to struggle a little bit now. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, was your cousin also grateful that you spoke so openly about sugar mamas so she could pursue pursue her love of sugar daddies? I, you know, I've been pushing it, so I, I there's plenty of sugar to go around. So why not take some? Get, get Sweeten pour it up the a sugar bit. on me, yeah. dude. Seriously, that's 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 an awesome feeling, and you should take a lot of pride in in what she said and what you've done on the air for um, others in your culture and for your family. Yeah, just passing on the help, you know, from you to me to somebody else. I love it, Daddy Romeo. Daddy, Ro <laughs> Daddy Romeo. It's the Bird Show. The Bird Show.